You're listening to Satellite Sisters. This is our recap of the CBS drama, Madam Secretary. And I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. My sister, Julie Dolan, is in Dallas, Texas. Julie, it's a holiday twofer, isn't it? I know. I love it when we have extravaganzas here at Madam Secretary for our recaps, Leanne. You know, this is a double header. You know, uh, shows can do that. Why can't recaps, right? (laughs) It's true. Well, I think it's because last week I had a case of um, plutonium-210 poisoning. And- <laughs> yes, yes, you were. I mean, I think you had I some, did. I think you had some spiked tea, sister, or something, because <laughs> you went down for the count and yeah. you did not come back up. <laughs> yeah. So I was out of commission for 36 hours and then we had some other stuff to do. So we decided just to wrap up 2017, our Madam Secretary recaps with our fall finale, just like Madam Secretary did. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to recap this week's show in full, and then we are going to handle the party from last week's show because we had been eagerly anticipating a holiday party where the Madam Secretary cast sings at a piano. And that's what we got, but not really because <laughs> that was, that party was fraught, man. It yes. Was just- they, the name of that episode, last week's episode was minefield. And indeed the party was quite the minefield, Liam. <laughs> So we're going to talk about that at the end of this recap, but first this week. Okay, Julie, I failed to write down the title of this episode. Oh, well, I have that for you, Leanne, in my handy dandy notes. Okay. It's women transform the world. Okay. I knew it was something like that. Uh, (laughs) But it's also- Something about women and the world because that was a big theme. I think I've been to that conference before and I'm still waiting for the world to be transformed. But um, here's what happened. We had a bunch of storylines this week. Um, Okay, Daisy finally comes back from maternity leave. And I don't say finally. Women are entitled to take their entire maternity leave. She decides to come back a week early to be part of Women Transform the World. And she lasts, what would you say, uh, four hours at work (laughs) before she has to take time off? I, that was, I know, I know. She just, she came in, she sat down at the desk, and then she got up and said, I've got to (laughs) go. And haven't we all felt like that? Yes. What am I doing here? I have to go. (laughs) So in Daisy's case, she decided at that moment, the second she got back to work, that it was the time to tell uh, the father's mother. Joe. Yeah. So Joe, who was her boyfriend who got killed uh, last last season, uh, you know, and she didn't do any of that while she was on maternity leave or while she was pregnant. But now she feels like she should mention it. And you know the reason why she decided to to call her uh, her mother-in-law Leanne? Did why? you hear that comment from Madam Secretary? Because when Daisy was talking about work and uh Madam Secretary said, "Oh, you know, and Daisy was worried about leaving her baby." She said, "Oh, don't worry, that's what grandmothers are for." <laughs> Okay. okay. I know, Urban Anna, you're going to have a few things to say about that when we get yes. to that breakdown. Okay. The second storyline is, okay, Dimitri is putting Stevie in danger. At one point, Stevie said, should I be afraid? She was referring to dinner, but yeah, Stevie, you should be afraid because you're a target now of the Russians and the CIA. I, I Yes. We're going to have to get into this yeah. because the spy craft, by here he is like, leading double agent in the world, Dimitri Pillow Lips himself. I mean, he's doing some stupid things, Liam. I know. And then the third storyline is 
it's terrible to be a woman here, there, and especially in Afghanistan. So yes. That was, frankly, it was a downer of a show. Yeah, it I was a downer. It I, was, there, there was a lot of big, long, depressing speeches. Yes. And I think that one at the end was supposed to be uplifting, but I, I failed to find it uplifting. I saw that other people on Twitter were like, oh, that was uplifting. I'm like, Really? Leaving out half the people in the peace process? I don't know. I didn't find it that uplifting. No. All right, but let's break it down. Let's start with Daisy. She came back to work. Uh, you know, a lot of talking about breastfeeding, talking about the guilt, talking about the irony, of course, of working on a conference entitled Women Transform the World for her daughter when she left her daughter at home. Again, very real. You feel like there must be a lot of mothers on the writing staff there at um, at Madam Secretary because a lot of those comments felt very real, real didn't you think, Julie? I like that. I liked it that she was sort of on the emotional edge at all, you know, during the four hours that she spent at work, you know, that she, she felt like she was going to get weepy, you know, and was trying to focus on what she was doing um, and, you know, definitely engaged, but also enjoyed talking to adults, even though she missed her, her, her babies. So, right. so right. that was good. And Boy, she just brings so much energy to the show. She, you know, the elevator doors opened and there was Daisy again, wearing some outstanding clothing that we'll talk about later, Leah, but she just brings a lot of energy in and just seemed to pick up the pace because of course you have Jay, right? (laughs) (laughs) And I, I shrinking Jay, shrinking, super pale Jay. And I did write in my notes, whatever you do, Daisy, do not talk to Jay about childcare, okay? Because he's the guy that, that leaves his daughter in the in a stroller for eight hours and just parks his daughter with strangers. So don't talk to him. Uh, but um, and she immediately wanted to know about our, the new character, Cat, and uh, and did we all like her? You know, I thought that was an interesting question. Yes. And I think that's an open question because all I can say is from the Fast Satellite Sisters Facebook group, people are turning on Cat pretty quickly. The more she tries to one up Jay, the less people are enjoying the new Cat character. Right. But, you I know, mean, she's been spending a, a few hours, a few weeks at that avocado farm. So we'll see what happens. She missed the party mm-hmm. and now she's missing the big conference because she's been at the avocado farm. In California. But uh, Daisy decides, you know, in that moment to reach out to, you know, her late boyfriend's mother who's in Connecticut, who doesn't even know that she's had a baby and then immediately decides to go see her. So that must have been the world's most fantastic phone call. I mean, I, (laughs) I I mean, yeah, I don't know how that all happened. Yeah. And there she is. She shows up in Connecticut and you know, it's Connecticut because there's a grape uh, vine wreath on the front door of the house. Although it was, it was a pretty sub optimal grapevine wreath. Our our mother who lived in Connecticut, where we grew up in Connecticut, used to go out and clip her own grapevines and make a much superior uh, grapevine wreath. Wouldn't you say, Liam? That's a good point, Julie. That's a good point. But to as a testament to suburban Nana, uh, the new grandma on the scene, the woman's very happy to see her. Uh, Joe's mother is very happy to see her. You know, we lost Joe. He was a CIA agent undercover at the State Department. He 
was he poisoned? Shot? I forget. What was, <laughs> yeah, he, what was, he went down, Leon. He yeah, went he down. I mean, yeah. we shouldn't laugh because he's that super handsome actor from Jane the Virgin. So he was a tra- it was a tragic loss for all for all. But Daisy hadn't really been dating him that long, so it's not like it was the great. She love barely of her life. knew him. Yeah. I mean, that was it. You know, yeah. but. Whatever. And we do learn in the scenes beforehand uh, at the State Department that, you know, her parents are very conservative and they really don't approve of this at all. Daisy getting married, not getting married, having a baby, raising a child on her own. So she really needs suburban Nana to step up. And the mother's very sweet. She keeps saying how much the baby looks like, you know, Joe, Joe. her son, which started to get a little creepy to me, frankly. I I felt she was sinister, Leanne. I I didn't like her at all. I thought she was as as a grandmother, as uh, urban Nana. um, I would have to say I just didn't like her at all. I don't think she's really the grandmother. I think there's some other story there that was she was weird. She didn't ever picked up the baby. She didn't hold the baby. And that's the first thing you want to do as a grandmother, you know. And then she was uh, saying, ha, ha, ha. I know you don't have any money. And I, I don't know. The whole thing didn't sit right with me, Leanne. I, um, I think it's some kind of scam. All right. I, I felt the same way. Like, you know, by the end of this episode, I thought, okay, there's a possibility that about half the cast will get kidnapped at some point. It could be Stevie. <laughs> it could be baby Joanna. Yes. 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 <laughs> you know, could be Dimitri. Somebody in this cast is going to go down. And we don't know how and we don't know where and we don't know who the perp's going to be. But, uh, yeah, I did not trust Suburban Nana at all. And okay. uh, so – that was so that was Daisy's story. And it did seem I mean, let's just be clear, too. I know there's a lot of time travel in Madam Secretary, but on a snowy day, it's a good six hours to Connecticut. <laughs> some, good fa- some good facts that we're bringing to this podcast, Leanne. <laughs> I know. Not every podcast is able to give you that kind of accuracy on your commuting time yeah. between Washington, D.C. and Connecticut. I mean. Because our sister Monica went to school, and who, if you drew in, in Washington, D.C., so if you drew the short straw, you had to take Monica to college. <laughs> anyway, so it's not like right up the turnpike. It's a little bit of a, it's, it's quite a journey if you're a single mother and nursing. But she looked fresh as a daisy, true to her name. So yep. we're going to keep our eye on Suburban Nana because neither one of us trust her. I agree, Julie. There was something too convenient Mm-mm. about all that. Yeah, I didn't too like convenient. it. Okay. Meanwhile, Dimitri does his own time traveling. He goes to Kabul and back in, you know, like- <laughs> in like two days. <laughs> I mean, right? Okay. They're they're planning. The U.S. government is planning a major invasion in four days. But Dimitri is able to hop over there with Henry. You know, they're there, fresh as a daisy. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. And then he manages, manages, uh, then they, he managed, Dimitri manages to get back in time for his date with Stevie. Right. It's, it. so, and he, the storyline that's emerging is that, uh, well, there's a Russian spy in Kabul who has access to the Taliban that they're trying to turn. And they've been trying to turn him for a while. And, and D- Dimitri feels he's the closer. He knows this guy. He can come in. It will mean, of course, blowing his own cover because theoretically everyone in Russia thinks he's dead. But it's a whiskey, risk he's willing to take. 
I don't, I think that was idiotic, but that's okay. Don't you? <laughs> yes, it was. I mean, I don't yes, work. Yes, it was. I They've already the CIA, but... invested a fortune right. in Dimitri, you know, and we're not even calling his, st- not even mentioning his stint in rehab. Right. So the idea that they would like take him out of the country, out of the U.S. Uh, and let him go to Kabul and, and expose himself, that was, that was ridiculous, but yeah. that's. Henry, the really bad spy. Uh, that was his call. <laughs> Although, shout out to Henry's new hair products because, I mean, <laughs> just think what he's doing with those products. The last couple of shows has been outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot happening in the front of his head, I think. There's a lot happening there. So he goes to Kabul and back. Uh, and uh-oh, bad news. The spy they're trying to turn gets murderized. Like the second yeah. they leave Kabul, he and his girlfriend get completely tortured and then shot up. Right. And, and the fact that he was tortured means there's a pretty good shot that he gave up Dimitri. Right. So back in D.C., he decides that, you know, he continues to think that dating the boss's daughter is totally a good idea. And yeah. uh, they go out and they have a cute date and they look cute. But and then they take a selfie. And that's I mean, OK, come on. OK, okay. so, yes, they're standing on the street. He, he's supposed to be this super duper spy. <laughs> he was trained in Russia and also now trained by the CIA. And he's standing on the street with the boss's daughter, kissing her, making out and taking selfies, you know, on yeah. a probably a government issued cell phone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's really he's good. He's a, he's really good. <laughs> OK, um, so, uh, and in the selfie, he notices that a, the license plate, a, a car, a suspicious car that's been following him, tracking him. He has the license plate and he goes to the work the next day. He's about to spill the beans to Henry, but, um, instead that's when they get the horrible pictures of the tortured Russian spy and the girlfriend. So he decides not to reveal this information, but then he says, Oh, I, someone's following me. And it turns out it's the CIA following yeah. him. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, and they're following. They're following Dimitri because they have. That's part of their standard security uh, protocol. Apparently, they're better spies than Henry. Henry and his <laughs> his SEAL Team Zero over there. Uh, so, because uh, they see Dimitri as you know a high risk uh, employee. Because, a because he's a double agent, and B because he did uh, he, he did the stint in rehab. Right. right. So the head of the CIA, you know, we pan down. It's the shot of the t- – it's the two of them kissing. We, he knows that's, that Henry's daughter is dating uh, his agent, but he doesn't say anything to Henry. Yeah. But that, that uh, was and then nice. Dimitri, it was uh, – Dimitri is about to tell Stevie. She comes over for dinner. She looks cute as a button. She comes over uh-huh. for dinner. She just wants to tell him something that, you know, she was really down after leaving that morose British guy. But now yeah. that she's met Pillow Lip, she feels a lot better. And he doesn't say, I can't see you anymore. You may be killed. What is wrong with him? <laughs> I what, don't know. What's wrong with that? How could he do that to Stevie? I know. I He's know. He's really jeopardizing her life now. Like legit. He saw the photos of the Russian agent and the girl just tortured and shot in Kabul. And he's like, oh, no, stay for dinner. I'm making pierogies or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, pierogies. (laughs) So, yeah, he can't do it. Of course, yeah. So all these bad choices. You know, uh, Stevie once again picked out, 
I she, her record with uh, her track record with boyfriends mm. is terrible. Lena. No, okay, you wanted to kind of give her a pass, or so now she's met Dimitri. Right. He's really cute and everything. No, no, yeah. not so good. Yeah. Now that you're, you know, that you're that your boyfriend is involved in a major espionage deal that's about to go badly. Yeah. But it in her defense, you know, he has about a thousand times more information than she does. You know, right. she's like, right. are you seeing someone else? Oh, well, I was at a conference with your dad. I mean, the old conference with dad. I don't know who yeah. falls for that. So uh, <laughs> who, who knows? Who knows? All right. And then our main storyline that sort of wraps everything up in just a big bow, a big black bow before the holiday. <laughs> I mean, you sound really down about. It. Well, it's depressing. It's it is depressing as a woman. Yeah. To to have to have a TV, I mean, a fictional TV show devoted to talking about women's issues, and you realize there, you know, it's really bad, right? <laughs> that that yeah. I mean, I give them credit for reflecting the current status of women's issues in the world. And they've ever been thus that out there in the world, you know, when you're trying to build democracies and do diplomacy and decide about, you know, military maneuvers, very often anything that has to do with women and children is put on the end of the list. Like, oh, okay, let's just stabilize the country before we care if women get the right to vote or go to school or leave their house or any of that. And that's a choice that has been made over and over and over again oh, for thousands of years. So now here we are seeing it play out uh, at the Women Transform the World conference that Beth, Beth is not only sort of hosting, she appears to be producing it, Julie. She, <laughs> I mean, I have. I, she, she's really into the uh, into the details with that. I, I agree. I mean, as someone who's produced conferences like that for like women transforming the world, she seemed to be at the rehearsal the first day. I didn't know why she yeah. was standing in the middle of the auditorium with the less than impressive signage in the background. Jay's doing nothing. He's the chief of staff. Maybe he could be running uh, the dress rehearsal, doing the sound check. And the keynote speaker comes, a wonderful actress who is playing uh, this education secretary from Afghanistan. And they're clearly old friends. They, you know, talk about each other's kids. You know, she has, best has to reveal, like, listen, we're about to enter into talks to the Taliban. I know that's a lot worse than it sounds. But no, it couldn't really sound any worse it was <laughs> seemed bad the taliban alleged is gonna is gonna move move a little bit to the left julie right that's what they're promising like if we can just get a seat at the table there in the government in afghanistan oh we have no problem if women want to go to school sort of this half-baked school idea we'll let them do that and yeah maybe they can get a job sure that sounds great i mean that's not gonna happen julie it's the taliban <laughs> it's the taliban i know that and that's the choice they feel like they can make a if they make even just a bad best is hoping for a bad deal with the Taliban, that that will just, by using diplomacy, that will open up the window. And if you do that, and if she gets two out of three things, if the girls can have education and a job, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really matter that they can't have any positions in government uh, or any kind of control. So that's what Bess is willing to, uh, to, to do. And they were, yeah, but that is that's or else we're just going to have to go back to war in a big way and have a giant all out uh, battle. 
So, Which is what our Aunt Virginia wanted. Now, I, I thought this was Aunt Virginia, who plays, uh, who, aka Admiral, whatever her name is, who is, I think, Secretary of Defense yeah. and Madam Secretary. She had a great episode, yeah. Leanne. I, I think she really appealed to the president and saying she, they were ready to go. This was the right decision. We can't trust the Taliban. You know that they. You know that. We have to we have to secure the peace before we can actually build it. And I love the scene when Bess and Aunt Virginia were outside the president's office and they were sitting on that bench and just talking about and Bess was trying to convince Aunt Virginia, Secretary of Defense, that, you know, that the diplomacy was the way to go. We have to think of the greater good. And Aunt Virginia said, you know, you want to open a window. I want to I want to make a wedge. Uh, and so they both were working on the greater good, Lee, and, and I like that. But, right. Uh, there were a lot of well-written scenes in this yes, episode, I, like I that. thought. I do want to note that in that scene, when they're sitting on the bench, Bess has a very bad case of man-spreading. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know why. Yeah, From time to time, in, in Madam Secretary, they seem to have Bess doing these, like, very manly things. Like, in that scene, I mean, she is just sitting, like... Manspread, manspreading on the bench. And, and another scene in last week's Minefield, she's like taking the milk pitcher with her paws and pouring it in rather than using the handle. I don't know. I don't know what's up with that. I don't know why they're, <laughs> if they're trying to give her some masculine traits because she's not strong enough. I don't think they need to do that. <laughs> um, okay, that's so noted. That's a good note. So then Bess has to go to the conference and introduce the keynote speaker, the Secretary of Education in Afghanistan, who she's basically just negotiated out of a job. So right. this woman, uh, Amina was her name, Secretary Amina, she, she can't believe it. Like this was – this is it's two steps forward – six steps back, two steps forward, six steps back for women in that part of the world. And I thought it was lovely in the beginning of the show where they, she recollected what life used to be like for women in Afghanistan. Because she said, people now don't remember that. They only remember the Taliban. But my mother wore short skirts and went out and had a job. And went to the movies. Right. Yes. No, I thought that was very, very interesting. I love that. Uh, That was another good scene. Right. I, I just there it painted really a picture of just how how tiresome this continuous fight for women's right is and how tenuous it is. If you have if you achieve uh is everyone listening, if you achieve, you know, some equal rights, that doesn't mean they can't be taken away by, you know, a couple of strong arm government people and men, basically. So you know, I thought it was very powerful, these very quiet conversations between women leaders. And then Bess goes out and she gives a speech about, you know, women and women and we're transforming the world and it's a slow process. And I know that was supposed to be uplifting, but it wasn't for me, Julie. <laughs> I can I... see that, Leanne. You're really down. You're down on this <laughs> podcast. I just can't. I want you to can't take, take it. I just can't, can't take it anymore. <laughs> It's been a rough year, 2017. (laughs) And I know that was the warning. Like, I understand what the writers are saying. Like, before you know it, the rights you thought were inherently, you know, given to you are gone because someone decides, you know, because someone new comes to power. I get it, Madam Secretary writers. I just find it demoralizing. So... (laughs) 
Okay. So I think it's going to be a bad choice. I think this is a choice that's going to come back to haunt Bess. Yep. You know, whether or not she has presidential aspirations, we don't know. But this is a key mo- moment for her. I think she can kiss that peace prize goodbye. I mean, <laughs> yes, I think so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that it was just, yeah, so that was, that was, and then at the finish, we, we, st- we go back to the McCord house. We end at the McCord house and she walks in on a scene and there's Allison who's apparently thriving at school now. She's designing outfits with hijabs in them and Henry with the hair product is, is just mm-hmm. looking strong and, you know, <laughs> showing no, no worse for the wear for 72 fraught hours in Kabul. And, you know, Jason hugs his mom and that she's, she's pondering the decision she's just made. And that's our fall season finale, Julie. Yeah, I know. It, well, it was an interesting end, Leanne. I mean, it's not really a cliffhanger. Uh, no. It's just a giant bummer. <laughs> that's, <laughs> Yeah. And you can quote me on that. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, uh, because there are the speeches you give and then there are the real decisions that are made. And so you just, it's, yeah, that's, you know, that the women who lead countries, they know you just can't live, leave women off the peace out of the peace process. If the rights are not negotiated at that time, they're not, they, people don't go back and do it. Although Bess reminded us, oh, that's how America started. But you know, that was a bummer too, Bess. (laughs) Okay. Okay. <laughs> I think we should turn to the party. Okay, Julie. Okay. okay. Before All you right. get completely despondent, Leanne. <laughs> okay. Because in the previous episode, Minefield, uh, the, 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 you know, the finale of that show was uh, Bess and Henry's holiday party that okay. they pulled together in uh, 24 hours or 48 hours. Right, Leanne? As I thought back on that, I don't even understand why all of a sudden there was a holiday party slot open. Cause initially, you know, we see Russell, like the, the big social bunny melon or bunny yes. somebody uh, has died. And oh, all of a sudden there's a slot open for the Hollywood, the DC party. And I thought it was at least like a room or a caterer or I didn't know. It was just a night, apparently. It was just a nightly. And it's yeah. so busy. Their their social lives are just chock full uh, in the holiday season that there are some prime times, you know, certain uh, certain Friday nights in December or Thursday nights in December that are key for hosting parties. And so uh, Russell encourages best to jump on, seize the day, take over the bunnies party. Because, you know, perhaps she would like to be president one day and it's not too early to start building, you know, building those kind of connections in this sort of bipartisan way that only a holiday party can give. So, you know, we buy that, except very quickly, this holiday party turns into just a trap for poor Senator Shenandoah. I mean, yeah, he, he he's the double agent. He's the Russian contact. He's the leak. We know that. You know, he's bailing. He has the hung- Hungarian housekeeper who gives it all up, Lian. Like yeah. she's arrested, that Hungarian housekeeper. And within two minutes, she is like singing like a bird. I mean, she, she didn't even, she didn't even get a lawyer or anything yeah. like that. She, she doesn't just, like, care. She's, <laughs> she's not going to the mat for that guy or the Russians. She said, there's no love lost between me and the Russians. I was just the message. I was just the messenger. But uh, Senator Shenandoah has decided to work with the Russians because uh, he has a son who's in financial trouble and the Russians are going to make that all go away. 
Right. So uh, I hope Mike Flynn was watching. Anyway, so um, that, so, but, so we're giving this holiday party and first there's a funny party planner scene where, where Blake and Madam Secretary reject this high-end Washington DC party planner. Cause as they keep saying, they're public servants, they don't have the money. I thought right. she had some good ideas though. Jim. I did too, Leanne. I, to I thought say. that was going to be a really nice party, <laughs> in, including the party favors, right? Why were they so quick to dismiss the party favors? I didn't understand. Everyone loves a party favor it's the holidays leanne i mean there's it's such a nice gesture it seemed like a good opportunity to give a state department holiday medal or maybe a pin to people i don't mm-hmm. know it's just i thought i i, Even I was a, just a home-baked cookie leanne, <laughs> in in a lovely bag can be yeah. a nice <laughs> you're right i don't know why especially i was especially surprised that blake rejected the party favor because he seems like someone who would like party favors julie <laughs> so, yes he does so they put Stevie on the job of holiday planning and uh, she pulls it off and it's a good show for Stevie. You know, she sort of goes through, she's, she's able to plan the party. She's successful. She gets the caterer. She gets the valet. She, you know, she has the entertainment. She gets the guest list happening. Uh, she can't seem to get her mother on board for anything. And then after the party, she gets the opportunity to call her mother a diva, which I liked. Too. I thought that was good. Yeah. I thought, I thought Madam Secretary was really being just obstinate. I mean, that she was not trying to, uh, to work with Stevie at all. And no. Stevie had really done quite a bit. So, so that was, um, that was a good moment where Stevie stood up to her mother. But calm as manners because the real crux of the party became that they had to lure Senator Shenandoah away from his house for a couple of days or a couple of hours so Henry, the FBI, could raid his home and find <laughs> evidence of the Russian, Russian uh, meddling. And I was like, what? That doesn't seem like a very genuine offer to come to a party. I mean, that really... that's not really the holiday spirit, is no. it, Landon, at all? It's not, so. Jewel. So beware, beware when you head out to your parties, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, really. And then they had to keep him there. So then she had to do a song and dance with Senator Smarmy, like, yes. let's pretend that we all get along. And that was painful. I mean, and then, yeah, that was painful. Mm-hmm. And then she's got the big donors coming and, and she sort of six, the terrible land, the, you know, sad landmine people. I mean, every, every interaction at that party was manipulative. It was not, it didn't look like any fun. I'll just say that. Well, I think it's a lesson to us regular folks that maybe holiday parties in Washington really aren't fun. And they're probably all exactly like that. Just giant minefields, you know, So, but people you want to see people you don't want to see people you're trying to, you know, can, you know, connive, who knows? Yeah. It just, it was, I just thought the holiday spirit was lost, but we did have our Tony award-winning staff members on the piano. So that was fun. Uh, and they went with the holiday tunes. I don't know. I was hoping for some show tunes, Julie. Weren't they? <laughs> you were. Oh, I love the holiday tunes. Okay. I thought it was perfect. I mean, it was just, we just get a glimpse of Daisy. She doesn't really have any speaking lines in this at that episode, but she's singing up a storm yeah. and it's great. She and Blake at the grand piano. It was awesome. Jay is in the corner, just like fading into the wallpaper. Did you notice that? His days are numbered. Maybe someone could kidnap him again, Liam. I don't do understand. Think? 
Yeah, he just, he's supposed to be the chief of staff. He's not making it happen, Julie. No, he isn't. He's just not dynamic. And I don't know where his his daughter was. Was she in the stroller in the kitchen? I didn't see her, but I suspect he didn't have childcare for an evening event. <laughs> so, so at the end of this big holiday party, like one guy is going to the slammer for life. I just, I just don't think that's a great outcome. <laughs> But, and then no one gets party favors because they rejected the idea of party favors. Right, so, right. but we did have some good clothes. We did have some. Oh good my clothes. gosh. I mean, I, I think you should do some more research, find out where Madam, where Madam Secretary got, uh, got her dress because that would look great on you, Leon. It that was, was really pretty. Yeah. It was sort of a long blue column with, uh, with these sparkly beads on it. Very, ta- very understated, but, but it had enough pep and uh, uh, sparkle to it that you knew it was a holiday party and sort of a very nice sort of draped sle- sleeves on it would look outstanding on you. I also just like the idea of wearing a long dress to your own holiday party. Like she was really dressed up for her own party. You know, yes. it wasn't just velvet pajamas. Uh, so, uh, no, she looked great. Uh, Stevie looked adorable in her gold dress. She looked absolutely perfect. I loved her little triumphant moment at the top of the stairs when she was looking down. Like, I did it. Because I think of a lot of a lot of us probably remember that from our first job, like when you finally pulled off something. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I did it. I can. I am an adult. I can work. So I thought she had a lovely moment. And Henry didn't even get to go to the party because he was in a van busting the van. senator. <laughs> Just. I don't know how come I I, I mean he's uh, he's a bad spy we've established that <laughs> yeah um, but he still manages to qualifies to go on all these operations you know like he's Everyone. in the van Everyone. he's in the van like he's flying to Kabul you know he's coming back from Kabul I, I don't understand I mean they have we have a U.S. government with hundreds of trained <laughs> you know <laughs> operatives I hope. I hope we don't. It's not just Henry. We don't know. We don't. We don't know anymore, Julie. We don't know. We yeah, don't know. That's true. That's true. Uh, so, uh, any more binders full of blouses? Anything that stuck out from the show? That's my dog. She's <laughs> she's barking. Just, well, I want to just a shout out that Daisy is back. She's back. We're seeing some colors and some prints. She came in in an adorable dark uh, floral dress for her first day back from maternity leave. Uh, it looked outstanding, cute little purse, and to block heels, sh- heeled shoes, Leon. We need to get some of those, okay? Yeah. Okay, All right. So that was good. I thought Madam Secretary, she was in a gray and white number. Outstanding. She, You know, she's had a tough year. You know, yeah. she's, she's <laughs> yes. worn very serious clothing the whole year. So it was nice to see her in some lighter colors, and uh, it was just a delight to see her at the party in that lovely um, column of a dress. And I liked what Allison did with her hair. That one yes. thing across. I actually uh, have to go to <laughs> to go to a very fancy party this week, and I took a screenshot of her hair, and I thought I would just take it to my hairdresser for the blowout, see if that's going to work for me. Really? So, yeah. Seriously, really? sister? Yeah. Okay. I thought it looked okay. good. Yeah. I, okay. Because okay. for those of us with cowlicks, the hair goes right in our eye. And so that one little thing is, it looked good. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Whatever you say.
Okay. Also, she had like the silk blue blouse on this week and the blue jacket there. Again, a lot of blues in Madam Secretary, but she had some good blues on this week. And I thought, you know, in general, some hot rollers happening uh, throughout the hair. So I, I, I enjoyed that. And then we've already discussed Henry's product. So um, that's great. I like that the other Russian spy also commented on how lush and long Dimitri's hair was. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's funny. That was good. That's good. <laughs> All right. That is the fall season finale for Madam Secretary. Um, we don't know when the show comes back, but we're going to reach out. We're going to reach out to the people at CBS and see, see if they can tell us when the next air date is. But I think they'll probably take a little while off. So we will be taking a while off our Madam Secretary recap. Julie, do you have any Hollywood uh, holiday parties to attend yourself this week? <laughs> yeah. I now I'm a little nervous. None in yeah. the D.C. area, Leanne. Yes. Okay. Uh, so uh, I attended one today. It was lovely. And I actually got uh, a party favor, Leanne, and I was happy about that. People love them. People love them. I do have some predictions for uh, for the show going forward. Oh, good. I think we're going to see a kidnapping. I Mm. think you're right. Somebody somewhere is going to get kidnapped. And that suburban Nana, the the, uh, the alleged grandmother of baby Joanna, uh, something is up there too, Leanne. So yeah. that's going to be another storyline. And it's only a matter of time before Dimitri and Stevie, you know, get get found out by someone, uh, by, by her parents. And yeah. I think there'll be a big blow up scene there. So oh, that's a good point. Henry's really yeah. going to be furious. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because uh, he's put a lot of effort and faith in Dimitri, and they're they they're the two of them sneaking behind their back. You know, it's yeah. not good. Yeah. No, it's not good. Not good. So, okay. and I and I assume that we are going to continue to have world crises, Leanne. So, Madam Secretary, and uh, will be able to uh, continue to do her work. And Kat is going to elbow her way into the inner sanctum there on the seventh floor. And she is going to just, she's going to take Jay out. Jay's a goner. His <laughs> days are numbered. She is a, he is a goner. Yeah. He is. He's going to, he's going to go to teaching. He's going to go into the Peace Corps. He's just going to go home. Yeah. That's what he's going to do something. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I'm sorry we didn't do a full recap of the other Hollywood show, the holiday party show, because I love the resurgence of Mike B. I mean, I yes. love him. And when he had the face off with Cat, that was good. Like, he's a worthy opponent to Cat. Jay just folded. Jay just folded in their face off. So, okay. So may, hopefully more Mike B in 2018. Love seeing yes, him again. That's what we'd like to, we'd like that. And his dog. Yeah. Yes. Okay, we're the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, we do a regular podcast called Satellite Sisters. Uh, you can find it at um, iTunes, at Stitcher. You can find us on Spotify now. Um, we would love to have you join our regular weekly podcast. Maybe you just listen to the TV recaps, but our sister Liz joins us and we talk about all sorts of things. Our last show for 2018 will post on Tuesday, December 19th. But in January, we're starting up our Satellite Sisters Book Club again. We focus on memoirs by or about women. And our first guest for January, we're really happy to say, uh, Tina Brown will be with us. You know, she was the editor, longtime editor of Vanity Fair and then The New Yorker. She has a really wonderful, juicy book called The Vanity Fair Diaries. They're her actual diaries from when she was an editor at Vanity Fair, what she wrote to herself at night. And it's just a, it's just a fascinating look at what it takes to, like, take on Manhattan, take on a magazine, 
take on the 80s and the 90s in New York, uh, and some really fun observations about everyone from Madonna to Joan Didion. So yes. if, if you want to get on board with our book club, it's Tina Brown, The Vanity Fair Diaries, and we'll be posting our um, interview with her in January. All right, Jewel, have a great day. Okay, happy holidays, Liam. Thank you. And don't forget, call your satellite sister. <laughs>